Red Revere here with Old Colony Pest Control. If you're having pest problems in a commercial or residential setting, we're the people to call. Veteran-owned, based in Massachusetts and Rhode Island, Old Colony has been here servicing your homes proudly, and we plan to keep it up. Our team is fast, efficient, and reliable. We go above and beyond to cater each project's individual need. No task is too much for us, so give us a call. 774 400 5993. Again, the number is 774-400-5993. Hope to hear from you soon. General Red Review, out. wished for these things, worked for them, and sought a place where they had a better chance of becoming real. For generations, Brockton has welcomed those seeking something better. From those who came in search of opportunity to today's multicultural population that makes us the most diverse community in all of New England. Brockton is a place where homes are more affordable, communities closer, where a strong and talented workforce fuels the success of businesses big and small, and the vision of a more diverse and equitable America is being realized every day. It's where ideas take root, businesses grow, Communities thrive. New beginnings unfold. And the promise of a better life is kept. Brockton, Massachusetts. Where better begins. Think you flexing with a hundred bucks Yeah Can I talk to you for a second? This is Motion with Randy Uh, yeah, you see me Bring it, come get me Ass fat, but the waist no slimming Quisiera estar contigo y recordar de nuevo Todo lo que hicimos 
cuánto nos queremos. Champagne, this ain't a campaign. I ain't running no action, Lee. You should run. No comparing, clearly you can't hang. Such a damn shame, man, man. You ain't never won. Life ain't a fair game. I'm just an airplane flying through. Maybe you should see if you can get you one. 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 Another lesson from my neighborhood. Do you know how to tell if mom is overdosing on drugs? If your mom shoots dope every day like mine, you can only help her if you know the signs of an overdose. An overdose? Yes, an overdose. Don't call the ambulance if you're in doubt Unless she shakes uncontrollably or foams at the mouth That's an overdose Okay, that's an overdose mm -hmm. That's an overdose You could find her on the floor or find her in bed And if you know what to do, she won't end up dead Of an overdose Really? Yes, an overdose well, I don't know. The signs of danger are simple to see. If she's twitching and seizing and can barely breathe, that's an overdose. Yeah. That's an overdose. That's an, an overdose. overdose. Mom always knows best. Hi, my name is Ryan Ann, and today we're going to make juice pops, and we need one cup of juice on the side, and popsicle dicks, popsicle dicks, popsicle dicks, popsicle dicks. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? This is blasphemy. This is madness. This is the proof.
right, it's your boy Sinister One broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are watching The Booth. It is 2-28-2023, the last day of Black History Month. And again, you know, I always complain on this show. They give us the, sh the shortest month of the year to celebrate Black History. But we get it in for them 28 days, bro. We get it in. <laughs> we get it in for the 28 days. We got the NBR. All-Star game, you know, you got all this stuff that goes on, a lot of tributes and stuff, um, but we get it in. And as you guys had seen on my Facebook page, for the entire month of February, I was paying my respects to Black History Month to a comedian, Flip Wilson, who I grew up watching many years ago. He's probably one of the most underrated comedians in the history of Black comedians, number one. And he was the original Medea before there was a Medea. Flip Wilson had Geraldine, and you would tune in as a kid to see what Geraldine crazy stuff that she would do every week on that Flip Wilson show. And Flip Wilson came off of laughing. And, um, you know, so much respects. He was my pick for the month of someone that I wanted to support and someone that a lot of people didn't know about in black history. But Flip Wilson is, is big, and he died with a lot of money. Um, he put his money in the right places. Um, and you know, it was, it was great to see a guy like him, um, through the years growing up and setting the tone big guest from last week. I had recording artist TNF Lando on my show last week. And I also had a special attorney on Ashley case Sletvold. She is the attorney who was handling the class action suit for the people who are affected by that rollover, that train derailment in Ohio. She is the one that's handling that case. So I want to thank her for being on the show. And as you guys can see, my guests this week are already on the show in the upper left hand corner booth alum my man z-man say hello to everybody and then down in the bottom z-man you're, you're muted make sure you unmute um and down in the left hand corner he's actually in his he's in his shop right now holding it down recording artist now you guys have probably seen this man before if you're looking in brockton and say man did I, I, why does he look familiar where did i see him before well if you're at tamboo for the Black Ice event, this man was there. He performed King Jai out of Atlanta. Please introduce yourself, sir. What's going on? It's your boy King Jai checking in, man. I'm just here to vibe, man. You know, talk that good talk. And you got it going on. You got the shop in the background. You were showing us the barber shop. You're going on. Please plug your barber shop real quick before we get into this interview, okay. man. Let them know. We located with Black Owned Barbershop. We located in, um, in the heart of Atlanta, Little Five Points. Uh, Euclid Avenue, Groomsman Gentleman Refinery, uh, where you can come get your full service, your high towel shades, your facials, your full haircuts, your shortcuts, your long cuts, your lineups, edge-ups, whatever you need, we got you. It's like a man's spa all in one, you know what I'm saying? Nice. Now, my barber does this thing where he's got the straight-edge razor, old school. He's got the yeah. nice lather, and he got the hot, that hot towel. Because I get my head, my head always shaved bald. And I'll tell you, there's nothing like that hot towel wrap around that head after that fresh cut. It's almost like, it's almost like all the pressures of the world just release when that hot towel. <laughs> oh man. Oh. oh yeah. And it's good stuff. Frank, what about you? You, you love a good cut. <laughs> I'll tell you what, you know, my Bob is awesome. So he's never changed his prices. I don't think ever. So, uh, you know, I mean, you know, it's hard to keep this thing going. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, um, I, I do, I have to say, no, nah, I ain't going to say it. But anyway, you know, I do go to a hairdresser every so often because there's certain things I get done, depending on what 
what I'm doing that time, around that time. But uh, yeah, my Bob is awesome. I'm gonna give a shout out to him. His name's Frank, so same as me. So you know, I I gotta I gotta shout him up because he's 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 incredible. He's cut my hair for years. So, and uh, let's get into let's get into some of that clientele. <laughs> let's get into some of you. What, what do you do? You have anybody special down there as far as your clientele goes? I mean, a lot of relationships that I built up, like I got comedians, I got artists, I got producers, and I got my everyday celebrity clients. It's just my everyday clients. I treat them like celebrities as well, but got some notable producers. I cut a guy named Matt Tastic from Alabama, but he's now a little baby engineer. He producing engineer. I cut a guy named 30 Rock. I went to high school with now he's like he produced the box, uh Rake It Up. A lot of known records that have like he got a diamond record with Roddy Rich. I cut the comedian George Wilborn out of Chicago. So, man, that's nice. You know, it's always nice to get that clientele when they walk in. You know, if they are on the tour, you know, if they're on tour and they're looking for a place to go, that goes far. When you give somebody a good cut, you make them feel comfortable, get some good conversation going. You know, the, and, and for those who you know, for those who are frequented the black barber shops, know that conversation is key in the barber shop. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But we're on here to talk about your music side of your of your of yourself. And um, I want you to let them know what you got going, because you got a lot of things going on here. You got a lot of things coming up. Um, we've got this video Houdini that we're going to show in a little bit. But you've got some stuff coming on here. You've got a multi distribution deal with AMG Sony out of Toronto, Canada. You've got a yeah. two song sync deal with Bounce TV with Dio Ugly and Cedric the Entertainer. Um, and you get this thing that with, that's with the TV series, the Johnsons. Let's let's talk about that. All right. So like, like you said, the relationships all start in the barbershop. The barbershop is the engine. So the guys that I have, like, really? um, I got my first placements um, on, on Johnson. Bounce TV, I met one of the guys that came and did a location scout, and I just kind of wrapped it up with Thomas Q. Jones. He's actually a Hall of Fame running back. He's an actor now. And we chopped it up, and I was like, man, let me sing you some music, whatever. And um, I sent him a couple songs, and they ended up choosing two of my records. So they, they, they gave us room to, like, build that relationship and whatnot. So I got my first two placements, you know, um, on the Johnson TV show on Bounce. So now they're on um, season three coming up, and they recently reached out to me again to, you know, submit some more music. And, you know, we're going to take advantage of the situation and, you know, just send them some more music that I got tucked away and whatnot. Um, the Sync deal, uh, we got a new, I got my first movie placement. It's this new movie coming out called Cinnamon. Um, it's with mm -hmm. Kevin Garnett and company. Uh, I end up cutting the director. And as he just come in the shop, and I just play my music for him. And he was just like, man, I really love your music, man. Send me some of your music. I might can, you know, get into this movie that I got going on. And I'm just like, you know, hey, being my genuine self, I sent him a couple of records and he chose this country record that I, that I got called Holiday. So that's going to be debuting in his first movie this year, sometime this year on Tubi. And whatnot. Um, the distribution deal with AMG Sony, man. So we um getting ready to drop my first single through that called Out of Time. Video done already. So we just building up the buzz right now, man. Getting people ready, man. Trying to get the anticipation high for this new single. I try not to kill people with the music, but at the same time, each time I come out with some, I want to make it something that's that, that feels monumental for where I am. Nice. And you were when you were up here at the Tamboo, the songs that you the two songs that you were pushing and dropping at that time were fire. Both them songs that you performed at Tamboo was crazy. And I was I was like, damn, this dude's from the ATL. 
I had to hit up my cousin. I was like, yo, this dude, he's up here from the ATL and he's killing it. And she's like, oh, I know all about him. Because she does clubs down there. So shout out to my cousin Kina down there in Atlanta who does the club and, and all the stuff down there. Frank, you got any questions for King J? Uh, I'm going to put him the dude on the spot. So, uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I just wish, I'm, you know something? I'm, I'm in awe that I'm thinking of becoming a barber now because, uh, holy crap, you know, you're going to have all those famous people come in your shop and, you know, you chop it up with them and have a good time. And I like, I like the, I like the, the, the way you phrase it. You chop it up with them. You know, I mean, it's a barbershop, you know, it's, 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 I mean, I don't know. I just, I just thought it was kind of funny. So, I mean, well, you know, and it is like, because you, like he said, you know, it's just, it's just casual conversation, you know, but you, in your mind, oh, the way he phrased, yeah, the way he phrased yeah. it. But it's still, but it's still, it's still a good look because you know you're taking advantage of these people. When, like I said, you're taking advantage when these people come in. You're like, damn, okay, I could do things this way or I could do things that way, and, and you're benefiting from it. Now, how long, how long have you been a barber? How long have you had this business? Uh, I've been a barber for twenty years now. So <laughs> I started oh, when I rapping. Yeah, and he raps. Yeah. Yeah, and my dad is a barber, but that's that's where they kicked in at. Oh, did he? Did your dad teach you? Is that how that came? He taught yeah, you yeah, how he to. Taught me my first set taught me how to cut hair. Then I went back home to Birmingham and started cutting people on my front porch. And then I moved to Georgia when I was sixteen. And then I got into a shop while I was in school. And I mean, I've been only ever had one job at Wendy's when I was sixteen. Everything else been me cutting hair and just you know getting my hustle on. And you out here, you still performing. So, so when you have to take off to perform and do these shows and travel, that means you got to entrust somebody with that shop and, and the clientele. How do you do that? How do you make sure you got somebody that's good enough to you know that you trust in in this day and age? Well, if you, if you pay attention to the shop, really, we only have four chairs and we only got three barbers now. So everybody in here is pretty much top tier. We got our own clientele, and we we don't really care if anybody go to somebody else like we ain't really pressed like that i know i'm not and um when i step out of town most of my clients they just say i'll wait till you get back <laughs> so just, like like, yeah, just like anybody else they go on vacation and be like i'll be back i'll be back like i'll be back in a month you know that's yeah. what i'm saying like, if i if i know you're going go on tour don't, yeah don't if i know you're going like, on tour for the weekend i'm coming yeah. in on thursday i'm coming in on thursday in to get like, tightened up give me, give me a whiffle <laughs> yeah i always let them know and I'm never really gone too long right now. And then when when it when I do or when I am able to travel extensive amounts of time, then they'll understand because I already prepped all my clients. Like, look, this is the side hustle, you know. <laughs> hey, you know what's going on. They all know that I do music. They all know I'm serious about my music, and they know when that day come to walk away, it's gonna have to find a new barber. <laughs> And this dudes is gonna be sad because that relationship that you have with your barber is deep. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you, you tell you tell things to your barber that you will never tell anybody else in your goddamn life. I'm telling you that right now. You have those conversations, man. You're not Bobby Chad. It's almost like laying on that couch. It's like whoa, you know. You walk out of there like I can't believe I just told that man something. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 everything because at the end of the day, I had to develop a, a Vegas syndrome. You know, it, it kind of going one way out the other. I don't let anything really stay with me too long. I'm just here for the moment. You know, when I'm with my clients, and you know, I just try not to, you know, 
hover over anything. You know, we talk, I listen to them. If I can get feedback, I do. Sometimes I talk to them, they give me feedback. And once they get out the chair, it's just like, all right, cool. Everything's erased. We gone. Man, man. So let's get back into this music stuff that you got going on. You've got this song that was sent to me, Houdini, which I liked it, loved it. It was banging. Um, and then you've got this other single movie thing out of time coming. And um, you, you, you're steady doing a ton of stuff for this year, 2023. Um, and I know I had actually spoke with your manager and production team, um, Sydney Devon. He's up here in the Brockton area. And he's actually in the chat watching this show right now. And, um, you know, we, we trying to get you back up here, man. They loved you up here. So I would love to see you try to get up here and do a show, maybe at a Provo or Tamboo or somewhere up here, man, because it'd be great. I mean, I'm with it. Uh, I guess I hit on the, um, the Houdini first, man. I linked up with one of my partners from Alabama, um, Jabbo. We actually went to high school together. And um, Jabbo, man, he's a pretty dope artist, pretty big artist out of Alabama. He had a couple of records like Jada Kid, Slim Thug, and found out he lived in Atlanta. And we ran into each other one day at a show, and he was just waiting out at the stage when I got off. And he was just like, man, I know you. And I'm like, man, I know you too. So from that day <laughs> forward, I brought him to the studio that I went to, and we both been going to the same engineer for almost like six, seven years now. And that's how we came up with the record Houdini. We just got in the studio one day and we just like, man, put on some beats. And he was like, man, I'm finna go in there. I was like, cool. We don't never care who go first. He went in there and set the vibe. I came behind him, man. We just, it's, it's great to spar with dope artists and whatnot. Um, that video is out. You know, we still pushing that. We still perform that. I just, we just did it at my birthday party um, last Saturday. And then Out of Time is on the way. Like I said, we're just trying to build a buzz up right now for Out of Time because it ain't no time limit on it. Like, it's out of time, you know what I'm saying? So we ain't even worry about the time limit on it. We got a video coming. It's like a movie. I showed it to a few people already. They already want the part two. And I'm like, man, we ain't even released this one yet. So we're working on the part two already. And um, just, man, just trying to stay consistent and give people like quality music, you know what I'm saying? Whether it be for the clubs, whether it be for the streets, whether it be for you at your home, chilling in the library, we got something for all occasions. Not, and you, and you're right. And my, I have I have an artist that I manage, Viana Marie, and all she talks about, you know, she's done her time up here in the Northeast, and then she's been down there in Mobile, Alabama, and she's been in parts of Mississippi. And one of the things she always talks about when talking about the differences in music between the Northeast and South, she said when you go down South, going to the studio is completely different. They take they take it much more serious in regards to sound, engineering. And and all that, all the foolishness that kind of goes on up here in the northeast in the studio that it doesn't go on down there. And she and she she praises that, and it seems like you're the same way. You know, studio time the time down there is a big deal. Oh yeah, no, nah, studio time is sacred. Ain't nobody got no money to waste. You know what I'm saying? We <laughs> we ain't rich yet. You know, rich in spirit. <laughs> we waiting on that the, the pockets to catch up. But um, nah, man. When you go to the studio, it's just like it's like that sacred time to really just let go of everything and just, you know, be free of who you are and just, you know, be musically inclined and just make magic. Right. And we talk, and I, it's funny because I talked about this last week. Um, I had TNF Lando on. He was from St. Louis. And we had talked about how, you know, at that time he came from St. Louis and Nelly and Yui put St. Louis kind of on the map. And I said it was crazy because at that time, Atlanta was killing it. Atlanta and Houston had hip hop and rap on lockdown that that South music was everywhere. And then all of a sudden Nelly and them came along and St. Louis made their little name for themselves. But that Atlanta music scene down there um, built, it was built on the Freakniks. 
and all of that. And um, do you are you surprised that this Atlanta music sound and the strength of that Atlanta rap is still around hard today, even with some of the controversy that they have with the drill rap stuff going out there? I mean, I think Atlanta's gonna always be the sound because um, I think what drives like a certain genre of hip hop, especially like the what makes the radio nowadays, is that music with the bounce, you know. And um, we got the strip clubs here. And nobody got the strip clubs like we do. So if people want to go out to the strip clubs, strip clubs is like business meantime. Like you go out there to link up and you get business deals done nowadays if you're going out there for that reason. Or you're going there to talk to a DJ. You're going there because that's just the scene, what it is. You can go in there and eat good five-star food or go in there and, you know, close the five, six-figure deals if you need to. So I think we're going to always win as long as we got that, you know, that force behind us. And then just our creativity, man, you know, like, I feel like no bias, but up north, it's like more about the bars. And don't get me wrong, it's about bars down here too, but it's just like, it's more about the fun and the, and the vibe and the bounce as to it's just about me trying to out-rap you with bars. I, mean, I could care less. I mean, can you make a hit record though? You know what I'm saying? So that's what it's about for us. <laughs> yeah, it's, we it's got some people in the chat. It's pretty hard Frank. to have fun out here when it's like 15 degrees outside. So I get it, you know? I mean, you know, if I was in Atlanta, I'd be having a lot of fun, too. You know? And the other problem Don't here, too, we have is, you know, everything closes up early here. So what happens here is, you know, everybody shows up at the club at 10 o'clock at night when the club closes at one. And then everybody drinks like crazy fiends. And then you got the knuckleheads that can't handle their liquor <laughs> in that one hour. And that's that's the big problem. I've always felt if you can go longer, let it go longer and you won't have as many problems. Vianna Marie's in the in the chat. She said facts, and I think she's talking about the down south thing. Um, someone else in the chat said Atlanta music is the most dominant sound in all of rap and R&B clubs in the Northeast. I know. I know. My cousins came up here, um, the Yin Yang Twins. And I had told somebody they're coming up here to do a New Year's Eve show in Boston. And my friend was like, oh, they washed up. They old. They ain't going to pack the the place was so packed when the Yin Yang Twins came. We sat. We we were supposed to perform on stage. They were supposed to perform. The place was so crowded that they had to sit and perform in the VIP section that they were sitting in that they had reserved. They did the whole show from the VIP section because the club was just so packed. You they couldn't even get to the stage, and it, and everybody was like, "What are we gonna do?" And and, and D Rock was like, "We just we just gonna perform right here. Get, give us the mics." Bring the bottles and we're gonna perform right here. And that's that again, that's that Atlanta sound. That's from the nineties. And this was like the two thousands and the place was packed. <laughs> I mean, I got a I got a I, I got a question. So have you ever wrote any like you're a barber, you know, and in, in, in a rapper? Do you ever take like inspiration from your client? Um, yeah. I mean, sometimes it, it could be the story. It could be the story they tell me, something they go through or something that I may have went through and they just reiterated it through their stories. Or, you know, I speak for the people who can't speak sometimes. So it don't always have to be my story that I speak about. So somebody might come in, we might talk about something. I'm like, bro, that, that inspired me to write a story or something like that. Like Mr. Barber Man, I got a song called Mr. Barber Man. I made like an anthem, like Mr. Ice Cream Man almost, but mm -hmm. I'm definitely that was inspired from the clients, you know, like me, I was cutting the dude head and I was just like, what can I make to make an anthem? And I'm sitting there giving them a skin fade and I'm like, hey, Mr. Barber, man, I need this skin tight fade. So it's just like, I'm motivated off everything. Every, anything that I can see or hear or touch, taste, feel, 
I'm motivated off of it. Nice, nice. So what we're going to do, because um, we're coming up on 7.30, we got about nine minutes. I want to take a quick break and show this video, and then we're going to get into our topics for the night. But let me get into my sponsors real quick, because I didn't mention my sponsors at the top of the show real quick. Michael Douglas Barreto, MDB Electronics. That's my controller guy. If you Xbox or PlayStation and you got a fade or a drift, send your controller out to him. 24 bucks. Lifetime guarantee. If something happens to your controller again, you send it out. He fixes it for nothing, sends it right back to you. Um, also, Viana Marie, It's Personal. The album is available everywhere. Check her album out, Viana Marie, It's Personal, streaming everywhere. Tactical target systems. Those are those zombie targets that you see when I go to the range that everybody bothers me for. I always end up having to give two or three to guys when they're sitting there watching me. You know, they've got those glow targets that splurt. I'm here with the zombie targets because, like I said, I have this fear of the zombie apocalypse. I'm not getting my ass checked out in the first five minutes of zombie apocalypse. I love bostonsports.com. We'll send usually, sometimes we'll pick a winner in the chat, send you out a shirt. Also, I got to mention Kimberly Ann empowerment photos for women. Um, as you guys can see there, you'll see it er later on in the show. Uh, Viana Marie did a photo shoot with her this past weekend. So if you want to check out Kimberly Ann empowerment women's photos, um, look her up online, Facebook. And uh, as I said, that picture right there features Viana Marie. Also, we're going to get into the news booths after we get into 722. Um, before we get into this video, um, I always like to ask this question of uh, rappers and people who come on here. If you could collab with somebody outside your genre, not within the rap, somebody that's outside your genre, who would it be? I mean, well, at the at the moment right now, I'd probably collab with like Ed Sheeran. Get out, okay? He's yeah, he's he's got that magic. Yeah, I can see that. He do, uh, and I feel like we can make a big record. You know, yeah. Ed Sheeran, he and he likes you know he likes rap, he likes hip hop, he likes R and B, so he knows how to bring what he needs to to the table to make it work. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Ed Sheeran, I like that answer. Frank, you got any questions for him before we let him introduce this video? Well, that, that, you know something? Uh, I just like hearing him talk. It, uh, another question, obviously, you know, I don't know if you noticed or not. I'm really not into the whole rap game or something. I'm sorry. You know, um, I like, I do like it, but I'm just, you know, hello, you know. So, uh, but one thing I do like, and I was I wanted to bring this, it's not really a, a question, but I was going to talk. And, you know, like one thing I liked about, uh, I watched the, uh, the Grammys. You know, and I like how the genres they 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 clash and they, they uh, not clash but collaborate with each other. You know, Actually, the different yeah. genres and, and they they make mad. To me, it's magic. I, you know, I'm I'm an actor too, so I, I, I'm I'm all about the craft and people working the thing and and the collaboration and and watching people collaborate together and and, and just make magic. Is that I I'm a movie. I love movie. I love music. You know, um, and I love all genres of music. I, I really don't care. And I just, I love, you know, I listen to music that I don't even understand the words because I just like the beat. I just like, I just, I just like hearing the music, you know, I, I just like the music. And, uh, you know, um, how, talk to me, how long would it take you to put together like a whole album? You know, like just, just to write, you know, I mean, are you constantly writing? Well, I kind of stopped writing a little while ago. 
I kind of let it go like in 2019. I just go in there and I just, whatever come out, just come out. It's more natural. It don't feel like mm-hmm. I'm trying to force it. And then I could just have way more fun with it when I just go in there and vibe out. I mean, if the studio's paid for and I got all the beats, we can knock everything out in like a day or two, you know, like Damn. just going. <laughs> but that's, that's just saying if the studio's paid for, like I said, I ain't rich. So if I got to pay for the studio, I'm going to take my time with it. But if I got somebody like, <laughs> Putting up, or I just got the studio to myself. I got a studio at home. We can knock it out in a day or two. You know what I'm saying? Only reason we need spaces for sleep and for food. You know, we can just keep recording. If I had that luxury, we can knock knock that out real quick. And you know, it's funny because you know. Up, go ahead, Frank. Yeah, I I'm naive to the game. So if there's somebody out there listening and and don't really understand the whole rap game, so I know back in the day, I'm not gonna age myself, but back in the day, you know, rappers had DJs. You know, um, what's it like now? Like you go to the street, you said, you know, you said we, we, you know, we, we, you know, we, we cut some beats and everything. So is it, is it more of an engineer type thing? You know, that, I mean, that it's more of a every, everybody type of thing. Now. I mean, I'm not nothing without my team. I need my engineer. I need my mixing engineer. I need my mastering engineer. I need the producer. I need my DJ. And if I really want to take it to the next level, I need a band, you know? So it's like, it's it's it just depends on how big your budget is because I mean things do cost and this is like a music business so stuff costs so but I mean all you really need is is, is once you get your music done you mix the master is you and the track it could be you and the DJ or like I got a show tonight I'm going I'm just giving them my music so but you definitely need a DJ to hit that play button <laughs> and. I, I... Spoken for. I'm Vianna Reeves DJ, and unfortunately, I'm on the sidelines this year because of this friggin' getting hit by the car. So this, that, I'm, trust me, I'm not happy about. It. Don't even bring that up. That's a whole sore subject, bro. Somebody said. Somebody said to me, Keith, you could just just stand there and DJ. I'm like, bro, like you've never seen me DJ, have you? I, I was offended when a good. It was a close personal friend of me that asked me that and says, I'm like, see, this is what happens when you don't come and support family because you would know. That me and a immobilizer is, it, I'm not DJing. Frank see me DJ. I go out to the crowd. <laughs> I'm in the crowd. I got masks. I got all the craziness stuff. So it's good stuff. Uh, we're at 727. So I'm going to let you tell us a little bit about this video. And then I'm going to let you introduce it. And we're going to get into it and play it. All right. So first off, the uh, song is called Houdini because, you know, I say it's all about the illusion. And sometimes rap is selling that, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Perception and whatnot. So in this song, you know, we always, people can relate to, and sometimes people in the club, they want to feel like they sell dope or something like that. So we always kind of like relate to that, but not necessarily talking about that. So the song is called Houdini for the switcheroonie, you know what I'm saying? So you might it may look like we're talking about something, but we're talking about a whole other thing, you know what I'm saying? Houdini is, you know, we are the dope. The, the stuff that we create, that's the dope. You know what I'm saying? That's why when you watch the video, you'll see my, my beat machine on the table and whatnot. But I linked up with Jabo on this song. We both from Alabama, 205 stand-up. Houdini, you know what I'm saying? Shot by my boy uh, Chuck Star Films, produced by Mad Tastic of his 48 Hertz. And I mean, it's just a dope video. Y'all vibe out, check it out. Y'all like it, tune in, get ready for the next one. All right, here we go. Here's Houdini dropping right now. Oh, what's up? If you want to play shit. 48 
paid a half a ticket Call me Young Houdini, it was magic, I did it Stood off on the block, I was serving pounds of midget A dirty ass revolver, this was way before the switches Signed to that UGK, dirty money, I'ma spend it I dropped it in the pot and had to whip me up a bit like Staying free of all the haters and these dirty trifling women The way I put the issue together, thank I'm fucking with the Kimmy You know they call your boy a thun, like I'm fucking with the mafia No mask up on my face, this ain't the phantom of the Get shouted from the back, she begging me to get on top of her You niggas number rats, all you really do is copy us I'm vibing now, niggas at the plate, they striking out I'm hiking out, get the word and get the drop, I'm riding brown Spitting liquor on your sofa, give a fuck about your couch These niggas growling like some lions, leave them quiet as a mouse And I'm on my own wave, grinding for four days, and you in the house I never gave a fuck what these niggas were talking about, don't care about clout I make the trap jump when I get in my mode Back up when I'm moving alone Act up and he getting exposed We back on the road Stood off in the trap and I made a half a ticket Call me Young Houdini, it was magic, I did it Stood off on the block, I was serving pounds of midget A dirty ass revolver, this was way before the switches Slide to that UGK, dirty money, I'ma spend it I dropped it in the pot and had to whip me up a Bentley Staying free of all the haters and these dirty trifling women The way I put this shit Together, think I'm fitting with the chemists. Don't play the game, keep the dope, no Sega Genesis. And if it's lies that they want, I give them plenty. I got on hooked up on the dope like Popeye in the spinach. I got on hooked up on the road, they somewhere stuck up in it. Losing track of time, I'm somewhere in their mind. I'm living rent free, man, fuck a nine to five. They said dope sell itself, so I cook it up in the bouche like a chef. Buy our meals, we just want them meals Full of dollar bills, want that house Off up in them hills, had to get it real Had to hit the block and make them feel Some they never feel, put that dope up close up to their ears <laughs> Stood off in the trap and I made a half a ticket Call me Young Houdini, it was magic, I did it Stood off on the block, I was serving pounds of midget A dirty ass revolver, this was way before the switches Slide to that UGK, dirty money, I'ma spend it I dropped it in the pot and had to whip me up a Bentley Staying free of all the haters and these dirty trifling women The way I put the issue together, think I'm fucking with the chemists And that was King J Houdini Dabo. That was crazy. That was fire. And I got to thank his manager. He actually sent us a snippet of um, the holiday song, the country song holiday. Man. Yeah. <laughs> Man. I can't wait till that video drops. Um, I want to see that. And um, your manager also shouted out your DJ sin C Y N sin. Um, your DJ, so he shouted him out and gave props to him too. Um, hey, Reb, Reb is in the chat. He said too many zombie games. <laughs> oh, that's my stepson, Reb R E B. <laughs> Shout out to my stepson who's in here. Um, happy birthday! Yesterday was his birthday, 13 years old. Um, I want to give props and say him. 
Um, but we got to get into this news booth. We're at 733. Um, again, the guys who are on with me, Z-Man, King J, on with me right now. And uh, we're going to get into these topics. And these guys are going to chime in, give their thoughts on these topics. And then uh, we got to let him get to his customer when he gets there at 8 o'clock. Because I know how it is when you get to the barbershop and you got your appointment. You want to get cut when your time is to be cut. So let's get into these news topics. Uh, in the news booth. Here in Brockton, uh, Brockton is going to receive $11 million for some local projects. $3 million of that is going to go to Ward 5's Cosgrove Pool, which is right down the street. I'm praying and hoping that they put a splash pad in for the kids and get rid of the pee pool that they got down there that the little kids wade in. If they can put a nice splash pad there, um, the, the pool was actually vandalized during COVID. Um, they had a field day in there and spray painted, so that... Pool itself was done, but that pool has a nice deep end. Um, it had diving boards, but they just there's a lot of issues there, so it's been closed. That only half of the pool is used in the summertime. Frank Zanowski can speak on it. You've done a ton of details there during the summer with all these young kids. Um, what are your thoughts on three million dollars going to re the rehabilitation of Cosgrove Pool? They need it in the change rooms and everything. I'm gonna tell you what. So that pool is really old. That pool is about as old as I am. You know, so we're talking decades. Um, it is about time that this pool gets the, uh, gets the, it's, it's only, it's one of, it's the only free public pool still around here in the city. Uh, the other one you got to pay. And, uh, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it, it's well needed. I mean, you know, the, the, the neighborhood kids, they all go, to, uh, there are tons of people that go to it and it gets, it does get, really crowded and it's just a little area i i hope they expand that area out. i really do because you've got that whole back area and the, and you know that that whole park area and everything just expand i you know i'm almost i'm almost just you know something tear down what's there expand it and make it an unbelievable experience for the kids in the city and for the families in the city you know uh that that need a place to, to go when it gets hot um why not you know you get the money you know you just got rewarded this money do it, do it nice, do it right, and uh, let's let's make it an experience. You know, it's, I mean, you know, there's nothing for these kids to do in the city, and if we can do something in the summertime and give them a place to go and families to go and enjoy themselves, you know, a nice safe place, why not do it? So I, I'm I'm excited. I was happy to hear that the city got this money, and I just hope they do it right and they do it good. And that you know, and it's good because you know the only other pool that's here is Brockton High, and they charge you to get into Brockton High pool number one, and number two, the Brockton High pool it's a hit or miss. If you go on a ninety degree day, they could be packed, and now you got to now the kids are waiting outside until some kids leave, and then they let you in this because they have a capacity limit. So now you got kids that are sitting there at Brockton High waiting to get into the pool on a hot day, and you can't because you're at the mercy of when somebody leaves. And then it's either that or you go to the east side pool, which is now limited because half of that pool is, you know, it's cut off. So we need we need that stuff for our kids. Also, <laughs> JetBlue. A flight here at Logan at JetBlue had to abort landing because there was another plane <laughs> on the runway that shouldn't have been on the runway. Now, first of all, this plane that was on the runway that forced JetBlue to perform a climb, climb out procedure. Now, I... I actually experienced the climb out procedure. We were coming into Philadelphia and there was a work truck on the runway that shouldn't have been there. 
climb out is when you're coming in for a landing and all of a sudden they hit the thrusters and they put the plane right back into the air, pretty much in a straight up with angle. My butthole, it, it pinched up. Trust me, it is it is the scariest thing out there. Um, but here's the problem. The plane that wandered into the runway, Papa Jet, is that like, who would even, would you even take a plane with the name Papa Jet King? <laughs> Nah, uh, I, you said Papa Jet? Papa Jet, H-O-P-A Jet. Uh, I'm a, I, I really only want to fly Delta. <laughs> That's like, Papa Jet is like beneath Soul Plane, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Hopper Jet, nah. You probably feel hopping when you in the sky. I can't do that. <laughs> when I saw the name of the plane, I, I had to I had to reread it because I'm like, is this real? Is this is it a fake story? And it was like, no, nah, this is Boston Globe, and the name of the plane service was Hopperjet. And I'm saying to myself, damn, I would if I, if that even came across my thing to buy round trip tickets, Hopperjet. Nah, I'm 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 scrolling right by it. Also, Brockton, we had a brand new Taste of Brazil bakery opened up. I got a little sick. What I'm going to do is I'm going to Frank. I'm going to let you talk about this burger, but we're going to show the video of the burger. Actually, we'll show the clip. I want I want King to see this burger from this joint. Let him watch the video while we go while we play in it. Let him get on his phone and see it. Oh, Sin. Oh, Devin said Sin is a woman. Oh, damn. Your your DJ is a female. Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, damn. He just hit me up and corrected me. So I'm glad to hear that. Oh, now I gotta now I gotta check her out I and because women are killing. That King didn't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he probably didn't catch it because I was. He just sat there and go. I didn't hear me when I said it. <laughs> so, so we're gonna have to let him watch this video. I wasn't gonna play this video yet, but I'm gonna have to show this video. Let him see this burger because. How do I see it? Um. So you um. Hold on here. I'll be able to share my screen with you. I think in a second when we go when we go live, I should be able to share my screen and show you. The video when it plays, and that way we can see his thoughts. You you like a good burger? Of course. Who does it? Okay, so this restaurant's called Taste of Brazil. They specialize in Brazilian bakery goods. We went there and we found out that they have this sandwich called the Everything Burger, and then they have the Everything Burger Extreme. This mm. burger entails a grilled bun, a beef patty, a fried egg. Shredded chicken seasoned with Brazilian seasoning, a slab of steak. Yep, go ahead, Frank. What? Play the video. They're going to explain all this in the video. Just play the video? Okay. All right. Play we'll just video. play the video because, yeah, because King got to see it. He got to see the juices. He yeah. got to see this burger. He got to see this burger. And you don't do it justice by, by, by telling them. Let them see yeah, it. Let, let them see it. They will come awesome, back. Right? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. I'm going to share my screen with you, and then um, we're going to be back. Here we go, guys. Here's the video of Taste of Brazil Bakery, the booth field trip with me and Z-Man. Here we go.
it's your boy Sinister One broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are watching The Booth. Frank Zanowski is my special guest on The Booth tonight. So we're recording this episode. We're down here at the Taste of Brazil. And we brought out the uh, Everything Burger. I'm going to get the manager on there for me real quick. I'm going to have her sit next to Frank. And just, we're going to talk about this, 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 this burger right here. Because Frank's about to get into it. I'll let you sit next to him. <laughs> and we're going to talk about this. This is a new establishment here in Brockton. We support Brockton. And um, before we get into this, I'm going to let you do the talking. Yeah, I'll do All the right, talking. Cool. He's going to introduce himself. We're going to talk about this business. I guess I'll let your voice is the one. What's your name, sir? My name is Brian Kellerman. And what's the name of this business? We are uh, Taste it. of Brazil, you know. You guys just opened this week. And, uh, yes. I brought my man Z-Man down here. I had to leave the we had to leave the hat home for this one because uh, I don't want to get it uh, I don't want to get it greasy, you know. And I'm glad I did because this thing is unbelievable. So you guys, you guys are like it's kind of weird because you you promote yourself as a bakery, but you guys are like a full blown restaurant, man. This is like incredible. This is the Brazilian way, man. That's <laughs> how it is up at, in Brazil. Dude, I was told I was gonna get a burger, but oh my god. So I'm not one to like shy away from from. Uh, from food challenges, you know, I've done the Wendell's chicken wing challenge. I've done, I've done other food challenges, but I mean, man. So tell me what's in this burger before I kill it. So there's the bread, obviously, tomatoes, lettuce. There's the patty, eggs, homemade patty, and there's chicken, bacon, peas, corn, and yeah. <laughs> We should, maybe we should cut that in half. No, so no, people, I ain't cut nothing in half. <laughs> so, so see, gonna this, go in. This is what happens. Just going in. So, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an '80s kid, right? So I'm a big Fred Flintstone fan. So he used to eat a Brontosaurus burger, and he never cut his Brontosaurus burger in half. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna try to take this thing, because I was told I get some big ass hands. <laughs> so I'm gonna take this thing and just try to. My God, I don't know if my mouth's big enough. Shredded chicken on there. Look at this, yeah. man. Look at look at this. Look at look at this right here. Look at this. This is unbelievable. <laughs> so I don't know if my mouth's big enough, but I'm gonna try it. I'm gonna. Yeah, that's like. Oh my God. So <laughs> I'm just gonna sell you. You know how I know I have a heart? A lot of people say I don't have a heart. You know how I know I have a heart? You ever see that pretty girl and your heart flutters? Yes. Yep. My heart's doing that 50 times faster right now. <laughs> this thing is unbelievable. So, I am not Fred Flintstone. So, to finish this thing, I think I might need a, a knife because this thing is huge. I'm gonna go in there for a second bite. This is unbelievable, man. Let me see the inside of that Dude, now that you bit it. Look at this. You got... And it's it's starting to it's starting to fall off the back here. <laughs> so let me tell you something. This isn't when you take a chick on a first date, because you're gonna get dirty, and she's gonna see you grubbing. And if you're trying to impress her, unless she's a hefty eater like you. Hmm. You get the tomato, which I haven't even touched yet. You got the patty in here. You got the egg. The bacon, which is just falling out. 
but even though the bacon's falling out, there's still like tons of it left in here. So this thing ain't for the faint of heart. You could have a hearty appetite. And once we're done with this segment, I am grabbing this thing down to the end. I'm telling you right now. So let people know how they can find you, where you're located at, and uh, if you got any social media. Uh, we're located at 696 Crescent Street in Brockton at the Plaza. And you can look us up at Taste of Brazil on Instagram. And yeah. And you guys have daily specials too here? Uh, yeah, we have the plate of the day. You know, it's beef. You can pick pork, chicken, and yeah. And pretty much up to you. All right, it's your boy Sinister One broadcasting live from the City of Champions. You are watching The Booth. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Z-Man, my guest for this week. Fluttering, bro. Fluttering. <laughs> And, and we, we, we actually have neighbors beside us who are eating food, and they have these humongous plates, and their plates are clean, bro. And the size of the plates you guys got here, tell us a little bit about the plates of dinner that you had, not just the sandwiches. Uh, we got like rice, and, we get rice, beans, you know, and then some salad on the side, and then you, your choice of meat, and uh, french fries and bananas. Ooh, some good stuff. So again, uh, hold on a second. Yep, yep. Dude, this is a piece of steak. Yeah. With the patty. With the with a burger <laughs> patty. Frank, I never seen you smile so hard. <laughs> this is incredible. <laughs> Alright, it's your boy Sinister One from the booth, broadcasting live for the City of Champions. I'm about to get into mine right here. And uh, we'll be back with more booth after this again. Shout out your business. Taste of Brazil in Brockton. Check them out seven days a week. Seven days a week. Sometimes we'll be closed for production due to high amount of customers. Okay, sounds good again. We'll be back with more booth after this on hoopazoo.com. Sinatorn Productions, we're out. All right, we're back here at the booth broadcasting live for the City of Champions. That was Taste of Brazil. We let King J check it. What were your thoughts, man? Because you got to come up here later in the year, man. That might be the that might be on your to go list. <laughs> oh yeah, man. As a uh, as a down south eater and a food connoisseur, man, it looks it passed the eye test. <laughs> I, I gotta get there. Like my mouth got a little watery just looking at it. <laughs> so when I get down there next time, you know, I'm always, you know, trying like trying to try new foods. And see what <laughs> taste buds will go with. So, uh, along oh, we'd have to, we'd have to do another booth field trip, Frank. Go down there with King, get his expression. Because I had the, I, I ain't gonna lie, I had the yeah. itis. I, I ate that, and the itis, the itis took my soul. Yeah, <laughs> that's when you say you had every farm animal in there on the burger. <laughs> my stepson said, "When we going?" The next time you come here, you're going to go. <laughs> Gives us a reason. Oh, man. Let's get back into these stories also. Um, also in the news booth, um, Stephen Davis, he's the CEO of The Boring Company. He's been spending the weekend at Twitter with his baby. Um, the word is he's going to be buying Twitter. <laughs> and he's going to be the next CEO. That's the rumor going around the Twitter. And I've already said that. Elon Musk was about to sell it off because he started to dip into his Tesla stock. 
Also, engineers at the Chinese University of Hong Kong unveiled a liquid robot that can escape confined spaces. A liquid robot. Look, people, I've seen this movie before. It's called Terminator 2. All right? The T-1000. Y'all scientists lately need to stop doing that. Y'all just, look, T-Pain, tell them right now, please. Tell them. Stop doing that! Stop! Stop doing that. Y'all, the scientists right now are doing too much. UFOs, liquid robots. Last week I had a finger that they created in Japan with human skin around it. Stop it. Stop it. I mean, they invented they, they invented a virus that escaped. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's it, right now. The, the scientists have created every 80s movie disaster 80s movie that we've all had seen growing up as kids. We've had pandemics. Right. We USO UFOs, <laughs> you know, crazy stuff, crazy stuff in the legal booth. Man, oh man, oh man. Governor DeSantis has just crossed the boundary of pettiness. Petty, 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 Governor DeSantis. Governor DeSantis has taken over the district where Walt Disney now as it does its business. Governor DeSantis has now stripped Disney of their tax status, which means they have to pay taxes. Here's the problem, people. When Walt Disney bought the land from Florida, he bought all those acres of useless, unusable swamp land that was never going to be used. It was pretty much desolate. And the agreement was, was that if you could build something that's going to bring tourism here for years and years and years, you would never pay taxes. And he did that, just that. That was the agreement. But because Disney kind of crossed the line and opened their mouths about the anti-gay uh, stuff that was going on down there, he took away and got a bill and took away their tax debts, which is a lot of people saying, man, this is kind of crossing the political power lines. And I'm going to be holding this one and talking to my guys next week on this one because there's a lot of people they're not happy with Ron DeSantis just did. Also, the Chrisley's son is... With his fiance, he's taking a trip overseas somewhere. Funny thing about this is, is that how do these people still have a reality TV show? They're serving prison for tax evasion right now. I, I just don't get it. White collar crime is white collar crime. It's crazy that they're both in prison. Their show comes on after Raw, and the son is splurging and spending money anywhere. I just don't get it. Also, let's get into the entertainment booth. In the entertainment booth, guys. Cocaine Bear was number two. Now, I showed the trailer for Cocaine Bear when it first came out. And I told everybody this was going to be a sleeper hit. They projected this movie was going to make $8 million, Cocaine Bear. It ended up making $23 million, came in second place. And the movie is loosely based on a true story when a gentleman was flying over um, this area and he was about to be arrested and he dumped the pounds and pounds of cocaine in Yellowstone, and this bear actually found the cocaine and got high on it and eventually died from overdosing on the cocaine. It kind of added all this murdering and killing and all this other stuff to make the movie, you know, Hollywood. But it is based on a true story, um, so it's crazy stuff about that. Also, have you guys seen the movie Megan yet? Have either of you seen the movie Megan, the doll movie? No, I wanted to, but I haven't. I watched it. It was unrated. I watched it. It was okay. It was this generation's child's play, pretty much. And that's you know, kind I, of I my thought, thoughts I on that. You, I thought you put that uh, put that on there that 
it was this generation style play. And I'm thinking, I'm like, yeah, you know something? And it is. You know, if you think about the whole whole Chucky thing, yeah. It was it was full of a it was full of a ton of holes though. Cause I was saying to myself, if somebody built a robot toy this good, it would have never made it past copyrights because the US government would have came in and took that doll bang like that. So I was like, this would have never have happened when you see how it was developed. Also, last night, if you watched Raw, man, oh man, oh man, WWE killed us last night. Lita came back out of nowhere and teams up with Becky Lynch and wins the tag team titles out of the blue. It was crazy. It's insane. I I just don't get it. I just, it's, it's unbelievable. And at the end of the show, I'm going to show you guys this trailer for Russell Crowe's new film, The Pope's Exorcist. As I was just talking about, we're talking about UFOs now in the government because they created this whole thing and they want to be transparent about UFOs. You know, we're talking about robots now and all these things. Now we have this movie coming out, The Pope's Exorcist with Russell Crowe, based on the true story of Father Gabriel Amorth. He was the Vatican's chief exorcist. He is the guy that the Vatican and the Pope, he only answers to the Pope. He only speaks with the Pope. He handles exorcisms that the Vatican sends him out. And this is based on years of this. Look, I'm tired of this. I don't know about you guys, but demons and all this stuff now, now trying to prove that this stuff is all true. (laughs) You know something? There's only a few jobs in this world that I am not envious about. Prison guards, firefighters, and exorcists. I don't deal with demons. I don't deal with fire. I don't want to deal with no damn prisoners. And I definitely ain't dealing with the devil. So, I mean, you know, you could have that job. You know, it's cool to watch. You could have it. You want that job, King? I'm good. Um, Yeah. (laughs) We Everybody dealing with enough of their own demons. I don't want to deal with nobody else. I hear you. Mm-mm. Not the ones that you jump in your body. Mm-mm. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. I'm actually, I'm actually going to show you guys. I got, I actually got the trailer sent. Um, let me pull this trailer up so we can see. For everybody who's watching the show, let me just show you real quick. Because you know it's Russell Crowe. You know it's going to be a scary-ass trailer right out the gate. Because it's Russell Crowe. This man did big movies. So you know this isn't going to be some slouch of a horror movie. They're going to do it all big. So here it is right here. Here's the trailer for The Pope's Exorcist right now. Here we go. Whatever you do, you only do because God allows it. Did he allow that? Father Gabriele Amorth. On the night of June 4th, you performed an exorcism. That was not an exorcism. The majority of cases do not require an exorcism. 98% are recommended by him to doctors and psychiatrists. The other 2%, I call it evil. We have more questions for you, Father Mort. You have a problem with me. You talk to my boss. The Pope. There is a case 
that needs your attention. Bring me the priest. I'm here to help, Julia. Run, priest! Take caution. There are secrets buried there. He's about to conceal. The church has fought against this demon before. The Vatican covered it up. We need to find out why. You've been played. You talk to fates. Whatever you do, you only do because God allows it. Did he allow that? Imagine what could happen if the devil possessed the soul of the Pope's exorcist. Who will defend you? My faith does not require defense. April 14th, the Pope's exorcist, Russell Crowe, true story based on the father, Gabriel Amorth, who was the Vatican's exorcist, chief exorcist. So this, see, see, this is what I'm talking about, people. This is why 2020 has just been a, an ultimate disaster. Here we were, we all seen all the horror movies. We all had people going back and forth and questioning about you know, dead people and ghosts and demons and all. And here we now, we have a movie based on the Vatican's chief. Ex so, so this movie is admitting that the Pope had a guy who they sent around the world to perform exorcisms. And they got these exorcisms through psychiatrists and doctors who were, first of all, if you're a doctor, or you're a psychiatrist and you know the call of the Vatican <clears throat> because you think someone's a demon. What's that tell you about them professions <laughs> that they already yeah. know to call the Vatican and get a kid. I'm, um, this is Dr. Snitzler. Um, I got a weird case here with a seven year old girl. Um, can you please fly, um, chief Amorf out to Brockton hospital. Um, cause I think we might need an exercise. This is what I'm talking about. This movie's about to show us this, that we have doctors and psychiatrists who are in the know of, of demons and people being possessed, bro. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yep. Look, that, that's, uh, look, look, like I said, you, I believe in all that crap, but you, you ain't gonna, mm, um, and you're, and you're, and, like, and you're a police, and you're a police rock. officer. <laughs> Fun to watch, but I don't want to be involved with it. You're a police officer. What happens let, if you... Let me tell you something. I'm going to tell you right now. I go up to somebody's house. I knock on their door, and they're floating, or all of a sudden, they start getting pits all of a sudden showing up in their face, <laughs> or their head spins around. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. You ain't called for backup? Right back. You ain't called for backup to so, go in? Yeah. I'm going to call the Vatican, <laughs> and I'm going to say, hey, there's your guy out here. We need him at Brock, Massachusetts. Right now, 
<laughs> oh, by the way, I'll be the cop three feet over. Just in case they fly out. Oh, man. Like I said, 2020, man, it's all about admitting stuff that we thought was, look, and it, and after that's, this is just telling you right now that the afterlife and demons are here. This is true. I believe they're all <laughs> I believed in all that crap a long time ago. Let me tell you something. I, I, hey, I, that's why I don't go into the scariest places on earth. <laughs> because I ain't bringing nothing home. You know, I, I, fun to watch. I'm all set. You know what I mean? I don't have to go. I don't have to go to. Who's that chick that killed her whole family in, in, in Fall River? I ain't got to go to that house. Oh, Lizzie Boyd. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't got to go to Lizzie wax with an I know it exists. I know it exists. I don't have to go there. I don't have to go to Animal Horror. I know it exists. Ain't got to go. You know what I'm saying? That's fun. I don't need to go down to hell. Stay away to hell or whatever. Hey, I'm all set. I don't have to buy the conjuring house or go into the conjuring. I'm all set. Don't have to go see the doll. That's, that's already been done. I'm all set. Bianca Marie is actually in the chat. She's the one that turned me on because I never watched those Conjuring movies. And she's like, you never seen it. You're a horror guy. You never seen the Conjuring movies. And man, I must have watched like three movies all in one weekend. They were so good. I was like, yo, this, this shit was good. Why do you think I haven't taken a trip to Japan? I saw the grudge. It's all set. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I don't need to be going to Japan. All of a sudden be taking a shower. and some chick with long hair side coming out my ceiling. Good. I'm good. I'm good. We're going to go back. I got to go back and touch base on something that we were talking earlier. We were talking in the legal booth about Governor DeSantis using his power of governorship to strip, to take over the district and then to strip Disney of their tax status. Disney, like I said, some people say Disney could just say up and move. But Frank, you have a different, you think Disney's going to lawyer up and say, hell no, bro. I don't think so at all. I think Disney is going to sue the state of Florida, and you're going to see an ugly you're going to see an ugly court battle. Because I'm going to tell you what you don't just take on a billion dollar company like Disney and just say, "Oh, guess what? We're taking everything we promised you. We're taking it back." You know, you don't just do that. You know, and and they're not going to take it laying down. I'm telling you, it's it, it's just they're just too i'm not a lawyer and and you know i i was a little i was a little offended when you said you were going to save it for those guys i was like wait a minute, i got some comments about this you know <laughs> i was like you know i just i was like oh i just don't think they're going to take this one lying down i really don't i you know they 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 get they, they have too much to lose they're not just going to up they're not disney and florida isn't just all of a sudden going to close and say oh well we're out of business no either the people are going to have to pay because now they're going to pay higher if they lose. But yeah. you're going to see this go to court. You're going to see Disney through the state of Florida. And I can't wait to see what happens there. I hope Disney wins because it's like you said, it's pettiness. This was done out of petty, out of belief. You know, we, we can't have our own beliefs now. You know, so I, I'll be interested to see how this one all plays out. And like I said, I'm going to talk to the guys next week, the legal guys, and see what they have to say. I know. Um, our squib was already in the chat about it. He already gave his opinion as soon as it came down. But I want these guys to say it live on the show um, next Tuesday night because we're definitely going to get into this one. Because when I when I heard the story, I was like, "Damn, that's that's kind of feeling. That's petty." <laughs> well, definitely. That, and I mean, it was it was coming. You knew 
it was going to happen because it's been out there that it was going to it was going to happen. Um, I'm. I, I would. Did you see I'm the press conference? Did you see the smug look on his face when he signed the bill too? He was. He was. He. He. Yeah, I did. And he. He. He was like, "I got you." No, you don't. <laughs> I hate to say it, but no, you don't. You know, you ain't got nothing. <laughs> you know. So you're gonna get ink all over your face. That's where you're gonna end up. Yeah, it it could hurt. It, to be honest, I, I was I felt like his presidential advisors. If he's going to run in 2024, I feel like that. Um, okay, um, he said, "Oh hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about." The Pope's exorcist. <laughs> that would be Devin Sidney. Um, the thing right there is that that smugness. That that's that's not good. That's that's uh, uh, that's completely out of line. When you're smug, you're taking things personal. You're taking it to a personal level, you know, and, 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 and you're forgetting that this is your job, you're, you're a politician, you know, you, you can't take things personal. And, and when you're trying to be smug and trying to, you know, I'm going to, you know, poking, poking the bear, you, you can't do that. You know, I guess, I guess you can because you did, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to end up biting you at the end. And I, I, I hope it does. I really do. And I can't wait to see how this plays out because, like I said, Disney ain't taking this one laying down. You know, they're a billion-dollar company for a reason. You know, they just—they don't—they're not gonna they're just not gonna take it. Yeah, I, and that's my feeling. So I felt like we wanted to get into this uh, in the sports booth, people. Uh, the pitch clock is here. Long live the pitch clock. They've been testing it in minor leagues. It's here in the pros. Here's what the here's what the funny thing is about the pitch clock. I was talking about this many years ago. Because I was saying they need to do something to speed the game up. Games were getting to the point where batters would come up and wait a pitcher out, or pitchers were waiting to wait guys out. And now your two-hour game turned into right now is a four or five-hour game. So now they've installed this pitch clock, and the Red Sox actually won because what it is is the pitch clock is is that if there's men on base. Um, if there's men on base, it's 15 seconds the batter has to get into the box with eight seconds to go. If there's men on the base, it's 20 seconds for the batter to get into the batter's box. So there's no more sweating the pitcher out, and it keeps this game moving. Frank, you watched it this weekend. I see you were kind of shaking your head. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I love it because it speeds up the game. So so that that's the batter in the box and looking at the pitcher ready to take a pitch, you know, and kind of takes it kind of takes away the guys that have their little routine, you know? So if you play sports and you're that type of guy that has that, like Nomar Garcia power would never get, would never get in that bat. He'd be three strikes and he'd be done because he can't get, you get the automatic strike, you know? So it's just, look, it's one of those things where be careful what you wish for. You know what I'm saying? If you're one of these guys that said baseball's kind of slow, it's kind of boring. I wish they speed the game up. Be careful what you wish for because, you know, and they got to do something with that clock because you can barely see it. You know, I was watching some, uh, I was watching some uh, preseason games. I call them preseason. My football coming out. I was watching some, uh, you know, great spring training. Games, uh, <laughs> spring training. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, I couldn't even see the clock. You know, I was like, oh my God, they got to do something with this clock. They got to, got to, they got to change it up or something. Um, but I don't know. I, you know, it's new, like anything else. You know, I'm sure when, when the when the play clock came about, you know, people were kind of like, eh, I don't know if I like it or not. 
you know, so I don't know. We gotta gotta play it out, see, feel it out, see how it goes, you know. And it's it's new, so I, I'm not a really big fan, but I am a fan of speeding the game along. So right, well, yeah, we'll and see. it was getting well, it was getting to this point where you know it was just they were just dragging it out with with the stuff that they was doing. And I think the I think the MLB put up with it long enough to finally say, hey, we got to take care of this and do this. Um, hold on here, let me see. Take, take time, so they, if you're one of those guys that take a while to get ready, like you know, little my guy, see a power, he would have to take his time off because you can take a time out to get yourself ready to get into the the, the box. I think you got what one time out and that bat or something. Yeah. So yep. you know. Yep. So um, let me see here. Get in here. Boom. Um, if you watch the XFL this weekend, we've got three undefeated teams left. Two of those undefeated teams are going to match up this weekend. The DC Defenders will be taking on the Seattle Battlehawks. And the DC Defenders fans have been told that they will get their beer snake back. For those who don't know, I shared a clip of the game from two weeks ago when the security took away the DC Defenders beer snake. The reason what the beer snake is is that Every time somebody drinks their beer, you put this the cup, empty cup, and you create this beer snake. The DC Defender fans started this tradition two years ago when the XFL was back for XFL 2.0. Um, the beer snake is so popular that they actually have the world's record for beer snake in the DC Defender. So they're getting it back. Security says they will be allowed to have the beer snake this weekend at the game which is just going to pump the fans up um, because the Seattle Battlehawks are coming to town undefeated. They're both 2-0, and um, but that beat the, all eyes are going to be on how big are they going to get this beer snake this weekend because they they've already hold the record. They already hold the record, so um, it's going to be interesting. I'm going to be tuning in. Have you watched any of the XFL games yet, Frank? I did. I haven't watched, like, beginning to end. I just, you know, put it on and watch a few plays here and there. Um, I like it. I like the XFL. Look, I'm not, you know, I always said that, you know, the NFL needs some feeder league, you know. And, and they've uh, got it now. Kids that don't, for these kids that don't get a shot to make yep. it in the NFL, they have something else to play in. So, you know, um, I, I kind of, I that's, you know, kind of like the USFL. Uh, I'm a big fan of the. I don't know. I'm not a big fan of the USFL for some reason. I'm I'm trying to trying to like it, but I'm I was having a hard time with. I like the XFL. I like what well I like the what NFL. Doing. Um, you know I like what they're doing, and I I like I like I like how they how how they are uh, they're approaching to the game. So I, I I like I like it. I do like it. I don't like the well, the XFL. Mike. Yep. Well, the XFL is officially a devent a developmental league for the NFL now. So that's that's where the success that's is good. coming in. And, yeah, that's really good. Yep, yeah, and what's great about that is that there are some big discussion coming up for the owners' meetings with two of the XFL rules that they have. On one of the rules I saw in week one, I loved it. Every coach has one challenge flag to challenge a missed call or missed penalty. So if you have a missed pass interference or a missed holding call or a missed out of bounds or something of that sort, you can, if you have one timeout left, you can throw this challenge on a play and say, hey, you guys missed that defensive hold. And they got to go and they got to review it. And if they find that there was a defensive hold, guess what? That player is now assessed a penalty and you'll get your first down. 
The NFL is already looking into that one. The second rule that they're looking at is on fourth down, fourth and long situations. In the XFL, you're not forced to punt it away. Depending on field position, if you're fourth and long, you can institute an onside kick. Two of the onside kicks have been recovered in the XFL this weekend. One of the games, it allowed the team to come back and win the game. It made so much noise on social media that they said the NFL is looking and getting it into discussions at the owners' meetings because they feel like having that option on fourth down, it can really open up a game. What is your thoughts? Fourth down, fourth and long. Now you have the option to onside kick versus being forced to punt in the NFL. What do you think, man? I, I like it. I think the XFL is on to a great point. It changes the game. I'm telling you, it changes the game. Uh, I, I kind of like it. Um, gives you that free kick, you know, um, option. Uh, I just, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, like I said, um, anything to, any, just like baseball, you know, anything to make the game a little, you know, a little more fun. I mean, it, that also gives, it also makes it, I, see, I look at every, I look, when I watch football or I look at, at everything as like a coach's point of view, you know, and I think being a coach and having that option would actually be kind of cool, you know, um, especially if, I mean, you know, especially if you have a weak punter or something, you know, and you just want to. Right. You know, or if the weather's there, you know, bad, if you got bad weather or, conditions. Or, or, you know, hey, you know, let's, let's try to keep it on the ground. Let's not get it into the air. You know, let's, let's, I mean, I don't know. It, it just, I don't know. It, it sounds like, sounds like fun to me, you know? Yeah. I don't know if yeah. it, I don't know if it'd be used all that much, to be totally honest with you. You know, um, maybe in Buffalo, but I mean, you know, it'd be interesting. Well, let's go back to Dallas where their kicker missed four four extra points. You know, and you get in those you get into those fourth you get into those fourth down situations where he was missing field goals and extra points. Now you say in Dallas, well, let's try for this onside instead, you know, and, and try to get the first down back for us. We might be able to get the ball back and there you go, get a fourth set fourth four new sets of down, you know, and yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so you know, yeah. <laughs> that's the talk though. <laughs> It's one of those wrinkles, you know, it's just, it makes the game a lot more fun. You know, you just sit there as a coach and you're like, shit, what do we do? You know, let's, yeah. let's, let's figure it out, you know? And what's weird for me watching these XFL games is the fact that this is, the XFL is a developmental league for the NFL, is the NFL's product is all over the XFL. When you watch XFL, there's all these mentions of the NFL. When, when, when Vince McMahon owned the XFL, they blackballed anybody even talking or speaking about the XFL. I'm watching the XFL games, and the former head of refereeing, Dan, Dean Blandino, is now the guy that's on XFL. He left the NFL, and he's on XFL doing you know, the, the, the reports on what the refs are doing. What I also like that the XFL has kept that I love to see in the NFL is the all-access. Um, they had an issue with audio this weekend, so they had to shut... One team didn't have audio, so they went and they shut the audio off on the other team and said, "Hey, you guys got to like go that. with signals." That was like that. that was awesome. That was awesome. I, I saw that. Um, yep, saw that last year. Yep, and then one of the other ones I saw was uh, you can't make contact on kickoffs until the guy has touched the ball. 
Um, so in other words, you're waiting there for that ball to come down in four seconds while you got a safety on special teams mad as hell coming at you at 50 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, not I, saw, I saw the way I saw the way they lined up for uh, for kickoff, and I was like, "Ooh, it's kind of weird," you know. And uh, and then you know they were explaining the rules, and I'm like, "Well, that's that's kind of interesting. That actually, you know, if you're talking about safety of the game, um, that's actually pretty interesting. It's it's, it's well, on the watch. I'm going to say right it, now, the the XFL is on the watch. It le- it's going to lead to more broke tackles for touchdowns too on special teams because now these guys don't have a jump on it. The guys are matching up right as you touch the ball. If you break that line and get that seam, you're gone. If you you're gone. If your guys are blocking the way they should block and get that hole open, you're gone. So that makes for an exciting point there. So if you haven't checked it out, people, XFL week three is this week. The game to check out is going to be the Battle Hawks against the DC Defenders because they're both undefeated. Um, the Seattle Battle Hawks actually have Josh Gordon, who was on the Patriots. He was the week one offensive player of the week uh, with one touchdown and 74 yards. So be sure to check them out. XFL, it's, it's, it's not bad. It's pretty good. Uh, let's no, get into... It's, it's not It's not the XFL of old. So it isn't the, you know, it, it's 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 classy. It's uh, it's about the game. And uh, I, I really, it's really, for a true football fan and a coach, and, you know, I, I love it. I think it's, uh, I think they... They really do a good job with the game, and they put a little, they put some wrinkles in there, which makes it interesting to watch. You're like, hmm, that could that could work, you know? Yeah, I've been rooting for Rod Woodson to win the game because I was a big fan of Rod Woodson. He's the coach of the uh, the Vipers, and they lost this past weekend. Um, one of the guys, the guy who coaches for DC Defenders, they actually when they came from behind and won, he had one of the best comments I ever heard a coach say. And um, one of the girl comes up to him. She says, hey, your defense really held it down in this weather, uh, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, like my defense didn't hold nothing down. He goes, there's no offense and defense with the D.C. defenders. It's we fence. And walked off the field. And I was like, damn, bro. I was like, woo, <laughs> we fence. No offense, no D. De- Look at your face. You was already smiling as a coach. He was like, that's like it. it right I like there. It. That's it. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I was like, damn, bro, we fence. And he walked off the field. I was like, damn, okay. That's a coach right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. Oh, uh, I said, I said every I said every pop water coach should be using that this year. <laughs> no offense, no defense. It's we fence. We fence. I like we it. win as a team, we lose as a team. We yeah, fence. Right. Woo! That's cr- I heard that. I, I was like, I never, "Damn!" <laughs> I, I never forget the time. Mike, I had a quarterback and a running back, but they were the they were they were they were it. I said, "Oh yeah," and they were dogging the offensive line. I said, "Okay." I lined up a defense. We got ready to do the play. I told the offense, "I said, when you guys break the huddle, come to the sideline." They did. They came to the sideline. I was like, "Play your play. Go ahead, play your play." Don't ever dog the offensive line again. Those guys, <laughs> those those, those guys, those guys, those guys are die for you. Right, right. Uh, let's get into the Biden bomb shows before we close out the show. TikTok gone from government phones, and I look. They should have been gone off government phones a long time ago. I, I think, I think if you're a, a politician or somebody high up and you have a government phone, I don't think you should have any social media on your phone. I don't think you should have any Facebook. I don't think you should have any TikTok. 
Snapchat, none of that shit should be on a government phone where you're discussing secrets and, and protective things. I think that all that shit should be blocked. It shouldn't be on those phones, period. It surprises me that I'm even reading this story to everybody because I would have thought TikTok would have been blocked from uh, somebody who's a government official's phone. It just... Especially when they're talking about it, uh, you know, the national security, they want to take it off our phones. They don't even want us to be able to use it. So, I yeah. mean, you know, it's, it's like, you know, and, and you're allowing, you know, high up, you know, high up politicians to put it on their government phones. I mean, wh why is this even a thing? You I know, tell yeah. me that I shouldn't even have it because of national security, but, but yet, I guess the president can have it. Really? I mean, come on. It's foolish. Foolishness. Yep. So 30 days to comply. TikTok has to be wiped off of every government phone. Like I said, it should have been blocked from government phones. These and, what is and here's the crazy thing. I go on TikTok sometimes, and I'll tell you, I'm not gonna lie. There are some people on TikTok sometimes that provides me with some cringe moments. A few weeks ago, I heard some doc some nurses were complaining. Because they were losing their jobs because they were on TikTok. And I'm like, well, first of all, you're in violation of HIPAA. When you're discussing clients and things of that sort on TikTok, it's all fun for everybody watching. But at the end of the day, I'm sitting there, I'm like, you're violating HIPAA. <laughs> right. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. People throw their jobs out the window. So TikTok is gone in 30 days on all government phones. Um I want to know who the dude is that keeps putting the top secret stuff at people's houses. Mm. <laughs> oh, 2024 people here in the news booth. Biden has his first challenger for the Democrats, Marie, Marianne Williamson. She's a author. She has announced that she is going to run for president in 2024. She's the first one to announce last week. I mentioned uh, the first Republican who announced that they're going to run. Um, for the Republican Party. So these early people, they usually never pan out. They run out of money. They end up backing out. Um, she's an author. Look her up. She's She ran before and she backed out. But she's going to try to run against Biden in 2024. Biden was on ABC this week on Sunday, and he didn't confirm if he was running or not. He said that his wife confirmed for him in an early interview. Um, he says most people would assume that he's the guy that's going to run again. But he did admit. He said that his age is a question. No, he's 82. He's like, it's a legitimate question. Could he do another term with his age? You know, so he's he's aware. I've, I feel like my guess way back was Stacey Abrams, but we haven't heard anything from Stacey Abrams in a while. I think we might see this guy, Hakeem Jeffries, out of New York, maybe run like a Cory Booker did. We'll see. We'll see. It's, it's going to get interesting. Um, but like I said, for the Republican Party, I think it's DeSantis all the way. Might have hurt himself with what he just did in Florida. I don't know. Do you think the Republican Party still gives him the nods for 2024 with what he just did in Florida? Yeah, because <laughs> he's not he's not one to shy away from uh, doing a tough, making a tough decision. I mean, he, you know, he's. I think they tame him a little bit. They already had that wild card once before, so mm -hmm. and I don't think they want to. They don't. They don't want to have one of those again. So I think, you know, uh, you see some of these higher-up Republicans secretly meeting with the guy and be like, got to tone it down a little bit, too. Got to tone it down, you know? 
Yeah. We're, we're going to yep. back you, but you got to tone it down, you know, because yeah. Yeah. you're going to be our guy. We want to be able to take this out, you know, so you got to, you got to, you got to just relax a little bit. So I, I think they have one of those conversations with them, but uh, I think he, I, I, I think if he, I think it'd be decent. I mean, you know, I mean, I think, I think Republicans would back him, you know, you get some, you know, Republicans out there that, you know, just, you know, they might, they might have an issue, but, you know, I think uh, the true Republicans, they'll, they'll, uh, they'll back them. We'll see. It's going to get interesting. Also, in Biden bombshells, uh, Biden faces a dilemma. Biden is trying to drill for oil in Alaska, which goes completely against his, his whole climate change and, you know, getting with renewable energy. This is this is all about money. I tell people all the time, it's not about Republicans and Democrats. It's a, at the end of the day, it's about the elitists with all the money. And you know what? You have the oil companies are telling him, hey, if we're going to give this up. We need to get something in return. And him saying we're going to open up Alaska is going to keep oil companies in business. Go ahead, Frank. You you have to. You have to. We already we already found out that we can't rely on on foreign oil foreign oil. We can't do it. You you have to you have to you have to do it. You know, within we have to do it ourselves. And we have the resources. We have to tap into these resources. Um you know uh you know I understand the whole look, you know, I I I understand uh hold on a second. I understand that everybody's, you know, the, you know, everybody wants to have a cleaner, you know, go green, this, that, the other thing. And I get it, you know, but it's going to take time for all that to happen. And in the meantime, you have to, you have to tap into our resources. We have resources out there that nobody's tapped into, you know, um, oil isn't that dirty business anymore. You know, uh, you know, they, they actually clean up their, their racks a little bit. You, you, you just, and I mean, you can do it and limit it at the same time. You know, uh, nobody wants to pay $6 at the gas pump. Nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to pay what it is now, three twenty-seven at the gas pump. You know, but that's because we rely on foreign oil. We need to, we need to tap into us. Once, once we have, we do it locally, you know, you'll see the prices go down. You know, we, 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 we're proven time and time again that we cannot rely on foreign oil and, and and like i said i want to keep an eye on this because this is like i said it's kind of a hypocritical thing for him because he's been pushing this whole thing um also yeah, it's, it's, yeah. i think I, I think with the, everything that happened in ukraine and everything <clears throat> i think it might have opened his eyes a little bit you know what i'm saying yeah and, you need a, you need you know, that backup uh we're right, at 820 on russia put the sanctions on russia you know in russia we were getting oil from russia so i it kind of he kind of I kind of put him in a, in a like a no win situation for that. So he, he had to do something. So look, we all know where I stand when it comes to when it comes to politics. And uh, but you know, I I think he made the smart move on this one. You know. Well, here's an, here's I, I another he, one. Here's another one because we got two minutes left. Um, that I think he that I think people need to really pay attention to because they don't really see what's going on. And they've been beating him up over this stuff. Um. WSJ, Wall Street Journal, last week just reported uh, Biden is sending troops to Taiwan to train against a possible Chinese invasion. Now, people are already crying about that and the money 
And it's like, people, you need to really pay attention to kind of what's going on here. Russia and China are tied together. This is all a chess game. Shooting down weather balloons of China's is a West is a chess game. And Biden got spanked for it. How do I know Biden got spanked for it? Because I just watched ABC News and the guy that's the head of NORAD <laughs> came on and he pretty much, they asked him about the weather balloon thing and he said, you won't be seeing the Department of Defense and Biden shooting down any more weather balloons. That's NORAD's decision. NORAD, and Frank, you're a military guy. Let them know what NORAD is because NORAD said the skies are theirs and it's their decision what to shoot down and what to allow. And there was That's a line right. cross. Let them know what NORAD is. Right. So uh, NORAD is in charge of everything. Anything that's up in the sky, they're, they're in charge of it. And, uh, you know, they, they uh, right up. But, I mean, you pretty much, you pretty much nailed it. It's, it's anything, anything that's, anything that's up in that sky yeah, is space. under their control. And if, if they want if they if they want something shut down, they're, they're gonna you, damn right well. It's gonna have to go through them before you before you can make that decision. No matter who you are, you know. Um, and anything in that airspace, they already know what's there. They already know, you know. And and you know they'll let you know if they think you need to know, need to know basis. You know, um, <laughs> they they believe me. They're not idiots. They 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 know yeah. anything that's up in that up in that sky, you know. So. Uh, yeah, I, I could see why they they got a little. Yeah, the guy, and, the guy look, was pissed. The, the guy who was if, on. If, 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 if they if they if they had if they had any inkling that this was a spy a a a, a spy uh, a, a spy threat. balloon, they, they would have they were already say, look, man, we we got to do something with this. Hey, you know, Biden, you know, you you gotta you gotta get you gotta get some planes up there, shoot this thing down. We got a threat coming in to the United States. They're not they're not idiots. You know, it, yeah. So I mean, you know, it's and this and this this guy this guy from NORAD he felt as if they used this weather balloon thing as political politics to push China into a corner. That's that's his kind of feel, and I see it. I see this happening because Biden wants Xi Ping to decide if he's going to back Russia or not back Russia. the The bottom line is is if he sends any weapons, it's game over. They've, they've crossed the line. Like I said on this show last week, China knows the sanctions will hit and every American business will pull out of China just like they did Russia and you'll lose that American dollar. Now, Biden came out today and he already said he's putting money into a company to start making the semiconductor chips for phones and cars here versus getting them from China. Xi Ping wasn't happy about that. That's another chess game. That's just Xi Ping saying, Already shit. How much money are we gonna lose if America goes back to making their own semiconductor chips? <laughs> you know, he knows he ain't stupid. He well, ain't stupid. That, that's the other thing. I said we put these sanctions in China. China turns into uh, what's that country that we just been able to fly into? Um, oh shit! The, the one in the Middle East. The one. No, no, they make the guys. The uh, uh, Fidel Castro. Uh, oh, Cuba. Cuba. China turns into Cuba. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, they're not stupid. You know, they're, they're, they're not dumb. You know, um, politics at its best right now. You'll, you'll, you'll see. You know, uh, I, I, 
just kind of back. Uh, see, the problem is the communists, and uh, so you know we can't. We people have a hard time with um, because we think differently because we're capitalists. We're, we're not communists, and and so and and we're we're a democracy where they're not. You know, so people have a hard time realizing what's what's going on over there, and you know, I mean, these guys. These other countries are, are controlled by their government. We're not, you know, in a certain sense, you know. So I mean, you know, we do we do pick our who we want to represent us in government, whether they do a good job or not. That's another story for another day. But uh, right. you know, uh, it's you know, I I don't I don't we have to we have to watch out for everything. I you know every everything out there is a threat nowadays, and we got to watch out for everything. And um, some people have nothing to lose, and they're not worried about the ramifications, you know. And uh, that's—I mean—that's that's just the the the, the, the truth, you know. Um, I mean, we're talking about China. You're going back to the whole movie thing, you know. Uh, one of those kids that went out into the mountains and uh, they had to defend their—they had to defend their land, you know. Um, it was the eighty the Red Dawn. Red Dawn. You know, Wolverines. I mean, you know, going back to the whole, <laughs> talk about the whole movie thing. I don't know. You know, so, I mean, uh, you know, it's just, uh, uh, everything's a threat nowadays. And, and the military's got to be ready. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, we got to be ready for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So we're at 8 30. Uh, those are the guys who support the show. Check out my beanies right here. Um, Thank you pretty much, everybody. Boom. Check those beanies out. Also, the shows I produce. Also, today, Steve Rita, flag giveaway. I actually got to tally it up and see who it is that's going to win this flag giveaway. There was actually a church that was nominated. Mount Moriah Messiah Baptist Church was nominated. Um, if they got the most, then they're going to be the winners. If not, I know I, I put in for Mario Lamar. Um, but we'll see, and I'll be announcing the winner on my Facebook page through the Booth website um, to see who Steve Reader will be making a flag for for Black History Month. Also, March 3rd, Strength in Numbers event. That's this weekend. Um, infamous Ma was here. She was on the show. She's performing at this event. Check her out. Also, the 14th Annual Food Drive Dance Party, April 15th, featuring Booty Vortex. Bark Vortex. Boston's best disco funk band, April 15th, Sons of Italy in Quincy, Mass. It's a $25 donation. Please bring a canned good item um, to this event. <clears throat> it's for a good cause. Also, there it is, Kimberly Ann, Empowerment Photography. Um, photo shoot was this past weekend. As you guys can see, Viana Marie featured on here. And also, there's two other models, but check out Kimberly Ann, Empowerment photography and again i want to thank everybody for tuning into the show hanging out with us tonight z man king j was on with us and um z man you want to say your goodbyes before we get out of here i just want to say thank you for allowing me to come back and uh, do the show with you this is a lot of fun i enjoy being here i enjoy doing the show um this is uh I'm, it's, it's incredible what you've been doing with the show uh since uh, since we we started it, and uh, you just kept kept it going, and uh, it's it's uh it's it's fun to watch, 
fun to listen to. And uh, hey, welcome to the 21st century. Now we're on the computer. So, I mean, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, big ups to, to you, Keith, for, for keeping this thing going because it's a lot of fun. And it's fun to have these, these uh, old guys like me to be able to come back and, and uh, join you every so often on the show and just uh, bring that old time vibe back, you know, and uh, yeah. have a little bit of fun. You know, it's um, nice. And my dog I, is trying to get in here. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought, yeah. I was going to say something, but I was trying to, I like the boss, the Brock and Bear work background. So, uh, but, you know, so, so thank you, man. Thank you. And, uh, you know, thank, I just want to thank everybody that listens, that watches. I know there's going to be tons of people that's going to watch this after. And uh, I'm going to thank you also for watching it and enjoying it. And uh, just, you know, uh, this is a, a lot of work that goes into it. And Keith brought it to the next level. So, uh, finish the one, sorry. Uh, so, you know, I mean, you know, so just, uh, you know, it, it's just a lot of work that goes into this show. I know it's a lot of fun and games when we do it. But, uh, you know, you're doing a hell of a job. And I want to thank everybody for supporting. So it's awesome. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you for the words. Again, yeah, I'll be on tomorrow night. I'll be producing Drafting the Circuits, which is now video. And look, Drafting the Circuits got crazy. Drafting the Circuits for the longest time has been an audio podcast. Um, we decided to bring it to video. And right out the gate, Frank, um, Frank Sanorowski says, man, one of the things about adding video is, is that getting guests for Drafting the Circuits is going to be it, it, everybody loves the visual. Everybody's about the visual now. Um, so we've got some great guests lined up for drafting the circuits. We've got guys. We got guys coming up on drafting the circuits who are racing in the Indy 500 this Memorial Day. I can't say any names yet, but that's the type of people we got coming on drafting the circuits that are guys who are racing in the biggest race on Memorial Day. The, the Indy 500 is is bigger than Daytona, which just happened last week. Bigger than Daytona. That Indy 500 is what got me into racing years ago as a kid on Wide World of Sports. Uh, but again, what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you guys the video. California. Yep. I'm going to show you guys this video of the robot, the liquid robot, and then SpongeBob. Can you do me a favor? SpongeBob, after they see this crazy, scary-ass video of this liquid robot, Take us home. Thank you for listening to The Booth on Hoobazoo and HatcherRadio.com. Please follow the Facebook page and subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, and Spotify.
The Booth is a Sinister One production hosted by Sinister One. I've got to start hanging out with friends that are a little more intelligent and understand politics and stuff. It's just that I'm up on this level up here and all my friends are down here. Me, nah. You guys, nah. Maybe a little more down, down here. Screw you guys, I'm going home. I smoke, I drink, I do my thing. These bitches hating, so you know I got to make it plain. Don't do cocaine with your chick, my main. We stick together, true forever, yeah, you know we bang. I miss those days, which was easy. If only I made it, bitch, don't repeat. Now that I done upgraded, I've been upstate, but y'all think I'm playing. And I gotta hit now for these weak assholes who think I ain't slaying. Try me, try me, and I'll probably end up laughing because I never back down. I'm that chick with a clean ass whip. I don't need that shit. It's like I'm my own now. I get hurt, I get tired of fussing, fighting, guess I gotta crack down. Don't mess with me, cause on everything, I'ma have to bring the whole city out. W-H-O-O-B-A-Z-O-O, that's who is it, I come. W-H-O-B-A-Z-O-O, that's who is it, I come.